Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Hello and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. My name is Katie and I'm joined for this episode by Tom Bullseye Bellingham because yesterday we went and played darts as a little group of us and Tommy, you managed to get a bullseye without even trying. So that's your new nickname on the podcast. Thank you. It's probably my greatest sporting achievement. I'm terrible. We went to one of those places where there's loads of like mini games and stuff. And it was actually on the bullseye game as well that you had to try and get the bullseye. It was. So um, all my, everything else I did the whole night was terrible. But yeah, thanks for, thanks for mentioning no that. Appreciate no it. You, you, you were good. send me a blank check later. It was all right. I, I started off well and then I just was like too stressed by everybody watching me. So I just throw them at the board as quickly as possible. But I showed my mum that video or like said that you got a bullseye and she just said... Tommy's just good at everything, isn't he? Oh, so absolutely not. <laughs> well, don't, don't let her, don't tell her that because she thinks you're just amazing in every way. But um, oh, let's thanks. talk. Thanks, Mrs. Fairman. About, yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about porpoising because that's why we've come on to doing a special podcast. Not darts. Yesterday. No, this isn't a darts podcast, I'm afraid. So that that could be quite fun. But um, yesterday when we were at the darts, the FIA very inconsiderately put out a statement um, basically saying that they're going to be stepping into sorting out this porpoising issue. So first thoughts, what do you think when you saw that statement? Do you think it's a good thing? Do you think they should have just stayed back? Talk to me, what are your thoughts? It's probably... Yeah, I didn't expect something so quickly, especially yeah. because it kind of died down, didn't it? Uh, and then Baku really put it back to the forefront of everything where it just got so ridiculous. Mm. And obviously, you know, we we had our talks of um, teams running that like they can fix it themselves. Certain teams, there was talk that, you know, they, they might be doing it almost on purpose to get them to change the rules. Um and actually, the thing we suggested in the podcast of a almost like a bounce limit, BPM, mm, uh, whatever BPM, it's not far off that, is it? <laughs> it's, it's not really actually not. far off what they've done. So they're obviously listening to the WTF1 podcast, clearly. Oh dear, I'm in trouble <laughs> <laughs> if they're listening to the podcast. Uh, but yeah, I won't read out the full statement that they gave. One, because it's quite lengthy and it'll probably send everyone to sleep if I read it. But if you do want to see it in full, then you can go over to WTF1. Tommy made a nice little graphic sharing the statement on there. But we will break it down for you because there's a lot of big technical words that you might look at and think oh my goodness this is just all complete waffle and you have to be a blooming brainiac to take it apart and understand what it means but we'll we'll go through parts of it that's why we're here Um, right the FAA do their statements and then we write it in English because they love to do (laughs) statements where a lot of people don't really make sense I mean the social media action you can tell a lot of people have no idea what it means very much so yeah there's lots of talks of oscillations and 
all of this vertical acceleration. I feel like I'm back in biology class at school, but um, let's break down uh, what they have said. So they've basically given a technical directive to the teams about the measures the FIA intends to take to tackle this porpoising problem. The first of which include closer scrutiny of the planks and the skids, both in terms of their design and the observed wear. So that's the planks and the skid blocks, which are on the underneath of the car. Basically, the FIA is going to be like having a good look at them, seeing at their design, seeing how much they've been weared down uh, whilst they've been out on track. So that seems a sensible start. Yep, and it's nice enough. and easy to explain. So we're a fan of that one. Thanks, <laughs> That's FIA. the easy one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then we go to the second one. So this is this literally sounds like something you'd read in a biology or physics textbook at school. So they are going to also find the definition of a metric based on the car's vertical acceleration that will give a quantitative limit for an acceptable level of vertical oscillations. I mean, crikey, when I saw that yesterday, I was like, I need to take a minute to really process what that means it's so but- funny that in, in our podcast we're like bpm and then the fia's version is the metric based on the car's vertical acceleration that will give a quantitative limit for acceptable level of vertical oscillations but basically it's what we said in the race podcast where we said about the bpm it's a metric that they can measure if a car is excessively bouncing is what that means yeah. in simple terms for us simpletons yeah exactly yeah so basically they can see i guess within whether that's a certain amount of distance or whatever yeah just how much the car the car is bouncing so be interesting to see how that works and they've also said that the exact mathematical formula for this metric is still being analyzed by the FIA just get Matt on there Matt was coming up with an idea for one like you said on the podcast on Monday but um, they've said that Formula One teams have been invited to contribute to this process so I think that's quite a good thing from the FIA to like hold their hands up and say we've got an idea of what we want to do but there are so many intelligent people working within the Formula One teams that hopefully they'll be able to share the brain power among the people in the paddock <laughs> and come up with a, a formula of this BPM, as we're going to nickname it on the podcast. Um, because it's, it's good that they've yeah, actually got the teams involved, right? Yes. Because, I, like, I like you said, because it'd be quite easy for them to just go, we're doing this and we don't really it's almost them almost openly admitting like we want to sort this and we are listening to you but we don't 100% know what the best thing is to do yet but this is our idea please help us <laughs> it's pretty much yeah it, i think that's fair. i'm not, sure they're it's really it's pretty much what it is really so they need yeah. the teams to do it so um to explain a little more then it's basically because of the 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 safety they will if teams do it they will be forced to raise the ride height. So it's not, yes. so they've, they're, they're not, t- they're not telling. Um, Cause I know a lot of people have jumped on which teams will it benefit, which we'll go into later uh, and jump to conclusions, but jumped, bounced to conclusions. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> but the, the, the main thing is that if your car bounces too much, you have to raise the ride height. Mm-hmm. Is is that is very simple terms? Yeah, yeah. And one thing that you mentioned there is that you said that they're going to be listening to the Formula One teams. I think actually this is a hugely 
good step forward for the FIA because especially after Miami, there were some spicy quotes from the drivers, especially saying the FIA doesn't listen to us enough, you know, whether that's to do with the porpoising, whether that was to do with the tech pro barrier that was missing from, I think it was turn 12 and 13 from the top of my head, where um, Ocon and Science had their crashes and the drivers were asking for tech pro to be there and the FIA said no. And there was also talk about changes to the pit lane that were denied. And basically after Miami, it seemed to be quite a toxic um reaction from the drivers about the FIA so the good thing is here in my opinion that they are actually listening to that of the F1 teams and I'm sure inevitably you know George Russell Carlos Sainz have both been so vocal in this um porpoising issue that maybe they'll be able to feed back to the F1 teams and the representative from each team will then be able to feed that additionally to the FIA um and it's just basically the best of both worlds because You've not just picked one team to to hear from. It's all 10 teams working together to fix this issue. So fingers crossed, it's the best solution here. (laughs) We work as one, (laughs) very much so. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's pretty much the um, important bits, I'd say, from there. There's a little bit afterwards, which like I say, I won't bore you with but yeah basically they've also said that they have the FIA have decided to intervene following consultations with its doctors in the interest of the safety of the drivers um goes on to say where you know the competitors are routinely driving at speeds in excess of 300 kilometers an hour it's considered that all of the driver's concentration needs to be focused on the task and that excessive fatigue or pain experienced by a driver could have significant consequences should it result in a loss of concentration? So George Russell was saying he's balancing so much he was missing his breaking points. People have spoken about the fact that this could cause a crash one day. Um, are you glad that they've listened to those concerns as well, Tommy? Gasly is, an, is another one that said, essentially, the drivers are always going to decide, as well as the team's performance is more important than our own safety. Uh, and that's something that there was a lot of talk about uh, for every Formula One fan, including uh, us on our podcast, uh, particularly with what happened to Lewis Hamilton in the race, saying, you know, Mercedes putting putting him really at quite a high risk situation for a little bit more, more downforce is not the one. So this is kind of, and, and I think uh, what I did read from something that I read on the race actually was that Mercedes did admit that they essentially that was wrong of them to do what they did in back with Hamilton's setup. <gasps> it was is accepting they did something wrong. Yeah. Um, oh so the fact that they, they're essentially going to stop doing that is good. And yeah. this, this argument has been, we've had it a lot because you mentioned Mercedes being the key people. We know there are other people, you know, Ferrari, Gasly's mentioned it, even Alpine that haven't had it that much have mentioned it. Um, but this topic has been very, uh, what would you, how would I word it? Fan led. It's really yes. sort of, it's, it's become quite tribal with almost like, you know, football fans of like, you support your team and this is what, what we think and stuff. So um, there are other people in Mercedes. Mercedes uh, has been probably the the most vocal people on it and it's been them in the limelight I'd say the most 
uh, with this whole porpoising thing, but it is affecting other people. So I'm glad they have stepped in. Very much so. And, you know, there are concerns about the potential long-term effects from it, whether that's on the neck, the brain, the spine. I mean, obviously, Hamilton visibly struggling to get out of his car after Baku, but even drivers, like you say, like Gasly and Norris that are having to have lots of physio and massages and stuff on their, their necks and their backs after a race. And I mean, they're just, they're just little whippersnappers. So, you know, it just yeah. proves that even if you might be older than some of the other people on the grid, everyone's seems to be, well, not everybody, but like most people seem to be suffering from it. So just, yeah, it's a good step. I think that the FA have made, sorry, Tommy, what were you going to say? I was going to say just to add to that as well, that, the Formula One cars aren't actually going to change, are they, until 2026 either? So if the yeah. FIA hadn't have stepped in, you know, I wouldn't want to be driving Hamilton's car for four seasons. No, that, that no is that so. is genuinely dangerous. Like like they say, they don't know what what that's going to do on not just your bodies, but like you say, your your head and your brain, because there's so much talk in football of uh, whether people should still be you know heading footballs because it creates concussion um uh and dementia and stuff when you're older and you know this is far seemingly far more violent for you know two hours of a formula one race to do that there's so many formula one races i know it's not every race is baku but yeah well we're going to canada this weekend it's probably going to be similar in canada exactly so you've you've had monaco Baku, Canada, all in a row. Um, yeah, not not good. So I'm I am glad they've they've stepped in for, from a safety point of view. Very much so. Right. Well, let's dive into some fan questions. Like this first one's got a lot of numbers in it, so I'm bound to mess it up. But it's at Maxi Mill a hundred a one zero zero three four five five six. I meant that far too complicated. They said, should they make everybody raise their cars? And then the little thinking emoji at the end there. Our favorite. Hmm. Yeah, my, I love that emoji. Um, should they make everyone raise their cars? I don't think so. I think that's unfair to those that have foreseen this issue and have built their cars around the fact that we went back to ground effect and porpoising has happened before uh, when F1 cars had these similar like aerodynamic packages and stuff. Why penalise people that got it right, I think? I think that's a bit unfair. Um, And I mean, if you make everyone raise their cars then that's also just going to completely squish any kind of technical advancements or, you know, like what they call them, like any sparks of brilliance and stuff. But F1 Innovation. at the end of the day is, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's the word you're looking for, I think. Ooh. Yes, very much so. Um, you had a late you night. My... Yeah, I didn't <laughs> have late night, too much darts. Um, but yeah, I think that would be really unfair to just sort of say, okay, well, then everybody just have a fresh start, clean sheet of paper, and you said a fresh piece of paper. Um, <laughs> but clean slate, yeah, I'd, fresh piece of paper, yeah. Yeah, I know the point I'm trying to make. It's just words are beginning to fail me at the moment. So, Tommy, take the mic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, this question actually is almost coming on to the point where I think this is the perfect solution they were always going to 
annoy a certain group of fans um, based on who someone supports. Um, but regardless of whatever, I think this is the most fair fair thing, like you say, because at the end of the day, some teams don't have this problem or don't have it as much and they can run with it. So why penalise the teams that have, you know, Alfa Romeo, for example, don't seem to have any at all. So they're probably like, no, I don't. I, we don't want to raise our cars because it's going to affect our performance. Um, so the fact that they've they're only going to raise the cars that have the issue, I think, is the fairest solution. And there's probably a bunch of Mercedes and Ferrari fans uh, shouting at me right now because obviously I like Max Verstappen and Red Bull. Yeah, we'll and there's, exactly, <laughs> but you know, even Max Verstappen himself has said that he's not. He doesn't like that they've made a rule change mid-season. Uh, we don't know yet who it's going to affect we'll go into this later but um making rule changes mid-season mm. they'd probably happily just have it carry on as it was because they're looking quite good they've won five in a row so um it getting them to raise the car would be un- unfair making everyone do it and obviously the big talking point was that if you listen to christian horner if you choose, if you choose to if listen to Christian to. Horner, um, he believed that the teams were complaining on purpose to kind of get mm-hmm. a rule like this passed. And Mercedes, uh, he was obviously alluding to Mercedes, hoping that if they complained enough, the FA would step in and either make everyone raise the cars, or whether that comes to something like um, active ride height or something like that. Uh, to to step in and it would help Mercedes but jumping a little ahead to the next question it seems like it's had the opposite effect potentially because essentially yeah. if they're the ones having if if, if you're having the problem you're going to have to raise your car and the mm. people aren't having the problem don't so they're going to have more downforce and you're going to be the one that has to sacrifice speed so Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Yeah. Very much so. Well, yeah, you say about the next question. So from at, I can't tell if this is Jealous underscore Janssen. Jealous Janssen. Janssen. But they said, which teams stand to benefit most and least from this measure? So I'd say it's not good news if you were driving a Mercedes, if you were driving a Ferrari. Lots of people are already like, oh, championship's done. That's what Stephens won. Easy. I mean, how many times do we have to tell you on this podcast, guys? It's not over until it's over. And even then in Abu Dhabi, it's not over till it's over till it's over. Like, <laughs> yeah. be, yeah. like there's there's so many races to go. Um, we could see Red Bull suddenly have an absolute shocker and have loads of reliability issues. Obviously, Tommy's staring me down now because he doesn't want me to jinx it. But you don't know what's around the next corner. So the championship's not over, okay? And if I hate anyone say that, I'm going to ban you for life from the business <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, well, I've read Alpine seemed to suggest pretty early into the season that they knew how to fix the porpoising issues, how they could 
literally turn it on and off. Um, and I read somewhere that Alpha and Mayo, the reason that they are not having as many issues is because they have basically sacrificed a bit of time in favor of sorting out the porpoising so their drivers aren't going around like little bobbleheads in the car. Um, but yeah, I would say in terms of championship hopes, Mercedes and Ferrari are the two that are going to be the most um, affected by this. Uh, but I'm sure there will be cars up and down the grid. Um, maybe Altauri. I know I said in the last podcast that they weren't suffering from it, which was actually incorrect. So thank you for the people that pointed to me um, or like called me out on it. Um, because yeah, Pierre Gasly has really not been doing uh, too well with it. But what about you, Tommy? Who do you think is going to benefit most or least from this? Everyone jumped on the statement and I saw a lot of people get it wrong immediately. With these FIA statements, I mean, I kind of get it because obviously people rely on people like us to put it in real English to understand. Because like yeah. like we mentioned, <laughs> it, it can be a bit of a difficult thing to understand. So uh, a lot of people on Twitter, I saw jump straight on it and go, oh, this is Mercedes crying and now they've got what they wanted and it's <laughs> advantage Mercedes. And actually it seems like it's the opposite because like I said, they're going to be the ones that have to raise the ride height. Um and the fact that Red Bull don't seem to have as much, you can argue that that might help them because Ferrari have had a, quite a lot of bouncing and porpoising. And if they they just seem to get on with it, obviously science has been quite vocal. I wonder if Leclerc wasn't as vocal because he knows that mm-hmm. if they raise the right height, they're not going to be as quick. Uh, and it's probably they're like, science, shut up. Stop saying Carlos. things. <laughs> Carlos, please. Um, you in a gravel trap. <laughs> <laughs> but th- that's the thing. We we don't know until we see it on track and we might get to Canada and they're not really, you know, people aren't having the problems with the, the porpoising or the bouncing. We literally don't know. But from first impressions, it does seem like that is the case, that that. Red Bull probably would be looking a little bit more, but you, I mean, there'll be loads of people that jump on it and go, Oh, it's just the FIA favoring Red Bull, blah, blah, blah. But like <laughs> I said, like I said before, they've won the last five races. They probably would, would rather it stay exactly as it is, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so true. You, you never know. Uh, the, that's just us speculating. Obviously we won't know until we get to the end of the Canadian Grand Prix. Uh, who it's going to benefit or even you can't even you, you can't even say one race sometimes yeah i can't even go one race because there might be a track where mercedes are completely fine and it doesn't matter and then there be, might be one track where it's absolutely terrible and it really does matter and it could change massively um and then you know imagine if it does like some teams just have the problems in each individual race and we see such a swapping of positions uh, every race it could could be massive or it might just not affect anything at all and it's exactly <laughs> the same pecking order we shall find out we will um another question from at rpia live f1 they ask do you think it was the right decision personally i feel like it's a step in the right direction because teams shouldn't have to choose between health and performance especially as more drivers are being affected i wanted to know your thoughts 
Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I mentioned on the podcast that we did after Baku where I said, you know, it's a difficult one because you've kind of got to balance technical regulations and a bit of sporting regulations and I guess a bit of the FIA's like international sporting code, which kind of includes the safety and health side of things. And it was a bit of a tricky one for Formula One, but I personally think it was the right decision. I'm glad that the FIA have not been really like, these are the rules we're doing this and you know we're you're following this exact formula that we've made up in the space between Baku or and now I mean they might have been working on a formula for months we don't know but um I like the fact that they've put two things in to say this is what's going to happen but also we would like contributions on how we can improve this and improve that and yeah going back to listening to people because that's a thing that I feel like has been such a standout so far this year is the amount of people that have complained that the FIA are just like fingers in their ears going, la, 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 I'm not listening to you. And now it seems as if they are actually willing to take on other inputs from people. And yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I think it's a good suggestion. And like we said, we don't want, as F1 fans, we don't want to be seeing drivers looking like they've got whiplash coming out of their F1 cars. I mean, F1 is blooming difficult enough let alone when you're being thrown about in your car, it looks insanely <laughs> challenging. Um, and yeah. I think the FIA will right to step in now because like you say, Baku was just absolutely insane. The amount of porpoising that was going on, especially down that straight. I mean, it's the longest straight on the calendar, I think. Um, I'd be amazed if it's that, yeah. if, if they didn't do anything, I'd be amazed if it was bad if it was that bad anywhere else, I can only think maybe Monza because it's such a yeah, long straights there, maybe yeah. Singapore or something like that, just because of the bouncing. But I feel like, again, that would just be bouncing rather than porpoising. Um, but this covers both, doesn't it? Of course, as well. It's not just, it's not going to be just porpoising. If you are on a street track and you're running your car too low and you're bouncing up and down too much, then they can step in. Um, but I do, I do think this, like we mentioned earlier, I think of all the decisions if they had to jump in, I think this is the perfect one because it doesn't uh, it doesn't hurt the teams that it doesn't hurt them that have, you know yeah. that have done have built their car uh, correctly and don't have that issue. Um, so yeah, I think they've done I'm good there. It. I think it's better to do it now before there is heaven forbid an accident or something. Yeah, exactly. Better to just get it done. You know, hopefully bring that to a chapter to a bit of a close. Don't think it will ever be fully closed, but can kind of move on to the next thing. Uh, and then one final question from at Jim underscore B21, who said, if Ferrari doesn't want to make the change, will the team be able not to do it? With three question marks at the end, they really want an answer. Tommy, what do you think? What if Ferrari suddenly rock, rock up and go, now, nah, babes, we're not changed. We're not doing what you ask of us. Which I mean, maybe quite Bonato a ballsy says, move. Yeah, yeah Bonato uh, says babes regularly. Yeah, and hun and sweet cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would not be ballsy to say no to the FIA. I don't think I would want to be doing that. It would. I mean, the fact is they've not. We don't know the exact details yet of how it's being done, but it's heavily rumored that something will be set on uh, Saturday. The thing I've read from uh, Toby. Gruner mm -hmm. from uh, AMUS, who um, is a very well respected tech journalist. He's he's written about um, something, and he said 
that we've got our hands on the technical directive TD039 and tell you all the details. And he says that the new porpoising limits will be set before free practice three. If a team uh-huh. can't supply a setup deemed to be safe, they have to raise the ride height by 10 millimeters. Cars will be disqualified if they're still above the limits. So they are willing to disqualify people from the race if they don't do if they don't adapt to this. So um, they aren't messing about by the sound of it. So yeah, they, they, it's, they, they're literally for the safety of the drivers, they're stepping in and they're they're willing to go ham on it. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah wow disqualification i mean that's fair enough if you're going to disobey a a technical directive from the fia i guess it's no different to not being able to provide a fuel sample or having a car that's overweight or something like that Mm. um so fair play well thank you i was gonna be really savage then i'm gonna say oh no ferrari used to getting no points with dnf so (laughs) damn you weren't lying right no so, well, on that bombshell, <laughs> Twitch Tommy has come out on the podcast. Um, but yeah, oh, talking of Twitch, if you're listening to this now and you're thinking, I want to listen to more WTF1 over this Canadian GP weekend, if you want to see our live reactions to the uh, progress that's made with this porpoising and bouncing uh, issue over Canada, then you're in luck because we're going to be live on Twitch for every single session this weekend. So that's FP1, that's FP2. We're going to be in our gym jams probably for FP2 because it is a late one over here in the UK. And I've been waiting for all the people in Australia and such to uh, comment and be like, you don't know what it's like. <laughs> um but yeah, that's uh, going to be really exciting and FP3 and qualifying in the race. We're doing another race watch along. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, it's going to be great fun. So be sure to join us over on Twitch. All the information that you need will maybe be in the description or if not, head over to our social media channels and you can find out more info on there. Tommy, is there anything else that you want to chip in at the end? Any more spicy <laughs> takes or? Uh, something that is quite amusing that I'm going to quiz Matt on later is he's clearly very um desperate to turn Ferrari's fortunes around because this morning I received a parcel with a Ferrari onesie in <laughs> so no you didn't <laughs> I did and and his desperation is so much that it arrived in two different sizes as well to make sure it <laughs> <laughs> that's so, amazing so uh, you're gonna yeah. put grace in it at the weekend or are you going to be like oh sorry it only arrived on tuesday after the race yeah oh sorry i don't know we'll see i got lost actually in the post i don't remember getting it (laughs) we'll see how um we'll see i'm sure every max of staff and fan now is like tommy you traitor what are you doing uh not said she's gonna have it on um we'll see (laughs) and uh well it's gonna need special powers because there obviously is talk uh this is just rumor uh not nothing confirmed yet but there is talk that Charles Leclerc might have to take an engine penalty already, which is, uh, if it couldn't get any worse for Ferrari. There Mama you go. Mia. Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia, indeed. Mamma Mia, hun. <laughs> Mamma Mia, hun. That's a good old famous Bonotto quote, that one. Well, thank you very much, Tommy, for joining me on the podcast. <laughs> it's a bad time to take us a beer drink. And uh, thank you, everybody, that's listened so far through the podcast. Also, 
don't know if you're going to be listening, but if you are Australian GP Twitter admin, congratulations on the uh, contract extension. Australia is saying until 2035. I will be 40 years old when that happens. Tommy will be, you. your age actually goes back. 80, yeah. <laughs> you will not. If you're like Benjamin Button, you just keep looking younger and younger. I'll be oh my god i'll be almost 50 i won't be far off 50 <laughs> what's up we doing the podcast <laughs> imagine oh uh, yeah we will be bored of uh nicholas latifi's dominating formula one he'll have just yeah. turned a corner and yeah dominating we're like, do you remember little did we know the poor pussing rules would make williams the best team in formula one <laughs> nicholas latifi win his home grand prix yeah yeah <laughs> so good um but yeah thank you everybody for listening and we will see you very soon for probably some more podcasts about the canadian grand prix weekend so i look forward to seeing you then take care and bye-bye bye 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 with linkedin jobs we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.